0: Hello, everybody. This is Courtney Stanley, and welcome to another exciting episode of Dare to Interrupt, a listening experience where you have the opportunity to sit in on honest, unfiltered conversations with women who are considered to be the most influential, inspiring, and innovative women in the world of events, hospitality, business, and beyond. Throughout their careers, these leaders have dared to interrupt conversations, their own comfort zones, and sometimes even societal norms to hustle toward their greatest levels of success. I am thrilled to introduce you to today's guest. We are joined by Dr. Kim Berkovitz, health behavior scientist and chief wellness officer at Bite Size Wellness. It's so great to have you here today, Kim. Where are you joining us from?
1: Hi. Hi, Courtney. Thanks for having me. I am joining from Maryland, just outside the Washington, D.C. area. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, for some reason, I thought that you were once in Canada. Is that true? I was. I lived, uh, I'm Canadian. I'm now a dual citizen, actually. I became a US citizen in December a couple months ago. And I recently came here from Toronto. So I've been in Maryland for six and a half years. And before that, I was living in Toronto for 25 years, Vancouver, and Montreal. Well, that
0: sounds like quite the adventure. I lived in yeah. Toronto for a little while, and it was definitely my favorite place to live. So mm-hmm. welcome we from met. Maryland. Yes,
1: that's, <laughs> that's where we, sure we is. first met years ago. Mm-hmm. It seems
0: like a lifetime ago, that is for sure. Well, Kim, tell us more about your company, Bite Size Wellness.
1: Okay. Well, I work with the meetings industry to really provide virtual wellness experiences to keep participants engaged and energized at virtual and, and soon-to-be hybrid meetings. And, and I do this in the form of, of a virtual wellness lounge, which is a self-contained portal with all the resources and tools to help participants bring their best minds and bodies to events. And uh, I also deliver breakouts and breaks all pertaining to wellness and self-care.
0: Well, I would imagine that you're in high demand right now.
1: <laughs> Everybody needs a little bit of Dr. Kim, especially with
0: all of the crazy changes and the, you know, zoom fatigue and all of that in the world of events that people have been maybe struggling with a little bit and doing their best to get through and reimagine how they create those experiences for their audiences. So, I'm sure exactly. that the pandemic affected you as well in a few different ways. Can you talk to us a little bit about how the pandemic affected your professional journey?
1: Mhm. So, there's the short story and then there's an interesting backstory. The short story is that I was actually pivoting my business from conference wellness to workplace wellness. And I was working on my new business offering for quite some time and decided to finally launch mid March 2019. And I launched the week that COVID really hit. And it was an interesting time. When I launched, I launched with live webinars, and my messaging was completely off. Um, the pam- pandemic, um, you know, hit like they it hit the fan, and I had to pivot my messaging pretty quickly. And um, this was mid March, 2019, and like everyone else, I had to pause. And I paused for six months to really think about where. My business was going and where the industry was going. We all thought it was going to be a two-week holiday. Well, it it didn't turn out that way. So that is the, um, the very short story. And then what happened in September, just after Labor Day, I started getting calls for virtual wellness experiences. Clients from the past who remembered me had my healthy lifestyle tip sheets and wanted me to do something virtual, either as a pre-recorded uh, wellness break or a live wellness break. And I delivered my first one mid-September. And it went so well that the client asked me to double my my speaker fee for a 30-minute um, breakout, to, to double it from what was um, like $1,500 for a 30-minute breakout to 3000 And I thought, oh, my God, really? And the client said that that was worth a million dollars. And at that point, I realized that virtual wellness and virtual talks are much needed. So that is the short story, how, um, I mean, it seemed like a, a, a dark cloud, um, and that really provided um, an opportunity in September. However. Um, can I share the, uh, the the long story? Please do. Yes, way. I'm yeah. sitting on the edge of my seat over here. Yes, please. So the backstory was very interesting. Uh, okay, the short story was I, I, I launched a newly pivoted business just when COVID launched. That was mid-March and you know COVID hit and I had to pause like everyone else. The backstory was that I actually was very perfectly positioned for this pandemic. Three years ago, I took um, a break from the meetings industry i My father uh, passed away unexpectedly, and I just paused but a month or two after he passed away i I took myself on a silent retreat for four days in silence complete silence for four days. It was a mindfulness yoga meditation retreat and i I needed to do a lot of thinking uh, i I was really burnt out from the 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 travel and you know when you're burnt out when you when you arrive at the wrong airport, there's three airports in DC, and I know it's a rite of passage to, go to fly to get to the wrong airport, but when you're, you know, you're arriving at the wrong airport and you're forgetting things and, um, you know, you're, you're um, missing overnight flights to get to your next conference, um, it was just too much for me. And uh, I, I just decided that I needed to pause and, and do something different with my business. Also, unbeknown to me, I was battling uh, sleep apnea. Uh, my memory was not as sharp. I wasn't sure if it was from all the travel and uh, the lost sleep, but I really, really did have brain fog for a very long time. And I think um, many of us women just think we live with brain fog. Many of us have had kids and onwards were overextended and I, just something was a, a little bit off. And I just knew I needed to do something different. So I decided that I was going to take my eat, sleep, move and breathe talk that I had been delivering live. And... Um, pivoted into an online course. So I had st- started studying with um, renowned experts, Tony Robbins, former marketing director, Amy Porterfield, to learn about how to start an online course and then an online community business. And that's what I had been doing for, for several years. And I had always had an interest and expertise in online courses and communities. Uh, when the internet first uh Started in 1994, I was building online um, communities. This was a teens-only community, so it, it was it was kind of like a a 360-degree shift. I was working in the space since 1994, and I dibbled and dabbled. And I had decided that uh, a couple years ago, I was going to put a stake in the ground and create an online business. So what seemed to be a, a dark cloud, the pandemic, actually turned out to be a silver lining because i had already created 58 videos a whole library of video stretch yoga mindfulness breaks since 2012 so that coupled with the online course that i had developed on self care and wellness it was a, a it's an online wellness self coaching course called bite size wellness academy between my libraries and bite size wellness academy i was very perfectly positioned for this pandemic. I put it all into an online portal. It's a virtual wellness lounge, which is now being used. And it's just perfectly suited for virtual meetings and events to, to relieve what I call Zoom butt and brain burnout. And my, my messaging is really to, to uh, shift Zoom zombies into invigorated meeting mavens. And what was really interesting about this shift from – and this transition from, like, you know, what seemed to be this dark pandemic cloud to a silver lining is it's – I had already been very well prepared over the years. When I lived in Toronto, I was working at University Health Network, which is a renowned teaching hospital. um, And I was working there when SARS broke out in 2003. So it's almost as if I was – I had done my emergency preparedness training – And I was well prepared for a pandemic that I never knew was going to happen. So I took that opportunity and ran with it. And that was my silver lining. Isn't it funny how things just tend to work out that way, Dr. Kim, when
0: you had no idea that you were actually preparing for this pandemic and the fact that you were perfectly positioned, I love the way that you put that. I mean, that is that is a position that I think probably 99% of the industry was not in. So it's wonderful to hear that, that you had that type of experience and you'd already learned from there being a health crisis in your area. And you, you learned from that a few years ago and you, you built your business in a different way. And I just, I find that so interesting. One area that I want to dig in with you a little bit more is this wellness retreat that you went on. So you, you stayed in silence for four days. You were by yourself. Why did you decide to do that? Why was it important to you? And what was that experience like for you?
1: It was funny because my family bet that I would never be able to to sit and be in silence for four days. They all put <laughs> bets because <laughs> I don't stop talking. But the truth is, is that it wasn't enough. I really would have preferred to have enrolled in the 10-day. It was at Yogaville. It's, a, it's a, a resort and retreat. It was actually um, funded by Carol King, a musician. There are oh, probably wow. about 75 of us, but we're all in silence. And what motivated me to do it is... After my pa- my my dad passed away in the Jewish religion we have a shiva, but it was um, it was everything was so unexpected. We had to arrange in the Jewish religion a funeral within 48 hours. But my mother was um, not well with dementia, and my father was her caregiver, and he was so busy taking care of my mom he hadn't completely taken care of himself. But then my mother was left alone, and and so we had to attend to her, and she ended up having to go into um, a nursing home, and so we didn't have the time to sit and mourn and have our shiva, which is um, like a week-long mourning with um, family and friends. And I returned back to Maryland, and I just, I felt like I hadn't paused and reflected, and I needed to do that, which is something I really, really encourage people to do, especially during the pandemic. And uh, I decided to go in the silent retreat, to really better connect with myself, with my morning process, and to really uh, practice what I was preaching. And I was teaching mindfulness and meditation, but I wasn't doing it myself. So that's what I learned. Uh, besides a healthy vegan menu for four days, there was mindfulness and yoga and just living in silence. And the silence had such an incredible energy to it. And I felt so connected and interconnected with the other uh, guests at the silent retreat. But we were fully, fully silent. And it was a, a really interesting experience to just pause and to be and to think. Because many of us just don't have the afford... The, the, we, we, don't, we, we don't afford the, the time to do that because we're so busy just planning and thinking about the future and busy and back-to-back breakout sessions, and so we just, we don't pause to reflect, and that opportunity was, it was, it was gold to me. So I had already done a lot of the, the thinking and, and the processing beforehand, so I really felt like I, I was equipped with the skills, well, not fully equipped, but I had some basic skills uh, to help me through the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's it's important to point out that you you did practice what you preach and you are walking the walk and these are this is an area of, that you're an expert in and so it's important to not only serve other people and help them improve their well-being but to also take care of yourself and I do think it's it, the pandemic has caused so much stress for so many people in many different ways and I think often our tendency is, when trauma strikes or when something bad happens, Mm -hmm. we tend to need to feel active. We need to fix a problem. We need to, you know, uh, move on to the next thing to move forward. And I think a lot of times people just need to be still. And that's something that's, that might be difficult for a lot. It's
1: very, it's very difficult. And I have to say, I, I mean, I'm not like a, I mean, I, I I practice this, I teach this, but I have to say, the silent retreat was very eye-opening for me. When it came to the 60-minute meditation, I mean, we were essentially like monks. We had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and start meditating for an hour. And I have to say um, that that was very challenging. The stillness was incredibly challenging for me. I, I actually felt like, you know, that the, the uh, like the kids in elementary school who the ADD kids who disrupt the class. Well, I was one of those. <laughs> I could not sit still at the retreat. I'm used to getting up and stretching. I mean, that's my business is telling people to get up and move. But this was mostly seated. And I couldn't sit still. I actually had to um, remove myself and and take myself to the back of the class, quote unquote, uh, so I can stretch up my legs. So I couldn't be with everyone else because I needed to stretch. But I the meditation part, was incredibly hard for me to um, to bring my awareness back to my breath and back to um, the here and now and to sit there for very still for 60 minutes. Because if I move, I disrupt everyone else's practices. That's what was so difficult.
0: <laughs> I would find that extremely challenging as well. <laughs> that to
1: just be
0: still (laughs) and quiet. And for 60 minutes, it it seems like your body would be really urgently Uh wanting to move. So I can imagine that would be very, very challenging. And I would probably end up in the back of the class with you too, Kim. So I completely understand. I want to dig into stress a little bit more because Mm -hmm. stress does impact us physically, mentally, emotionally. Can you talk about how stress impacts us and what can happen if we do become overwhelmed?
1: Mm -hmm. So stress has, I mean, it really speaks to my whole eat, sleep, move, breathe formula and how one health behavior is so interrelated with other health behaviors. When our cortisol levels are up, that affects our appetite, weight gain, sleep, sleep or sleep apnea That affects blood glucose levels. And uh, when you're stressed and um, fatigued, you don't have the energy to exercise. So we cycle through all those different areas. And the pandemic uh, has really exacerbated um, people's uh, stress levels and their abilities to handle stress. As much as I practice self care, at the end of January of this year, I experienced a health crisis where I went from the wellness warrior to the wellness patient. And I wrote about it um, on LinkedIn. I've written several articles. Uh, I developed a thyroid disorder as what I think was stress-induced. I, I, was, I got very busy in my business, but I also had some personal and marital stresses. And I developed um, a thyroid disorder where I was completely out of commission for several weeks, um, just going, uh, fluctuating from extreme fatigue to um, hypermania, where I couldn't sleep at all. My I dropped ten pounds very quickly. Um, my body temperatures were not regulated, and uh, this is an example of of someone who does practice self care, but uh, you know, perhaps I always had a thyroid disorder, but the stress just um, threw me over the edge. Into that um, health crisis, which turned out not to be a thy- it's it turned out to be th- subacute thyroidis- thyroiditis, which is um, more of a virus. It's more um, it affected more of my immunity, and it, it will eventually fizzle out over time. But stress can manifest itself in so many different ways, in ways that you least expect.
0: Yeah. I I want to thank you, Kim, for being so open and vulnerable about your own experiences. And I really appreciate that because you are positioned as this wellness expert and people would likely assume that you're at the top of your game all the time with self-care and uh, making sure that you are in a healthy, stable place. So I really appreciate you being open. and And I think our audience will appreciate that too, that everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. And I think the expression self-care has been taking a little bit of heat lately because uh-huh. self-care is used as such a a reactive behavior i'm wondering what are some ways that people can be proactive instead of reactive when it comes to uh-huh. their health and well-being so that it's not too little too late and then you're on the road to recovery instead
1: Exactly. And because of the pandemic exacerbating people's stress levels, because you know the boundaries between work and leisure and family are all blurred, um, it's really put people in a in a different situation where they're juggling, having to homeschool their kids, uh, not having the time to exercise because they're back-to-back in in in, in virtual meetings or their gyms are closed their yoga studios are closed and they just can't seem to to fit it in. So, my response to that really is to just pause. I call it actually the three the the 5 P's is we need to just pause. The pat- the pandemic hit, the world has paused, we need to personally just pause and take a break. And just everyone talks about self-care, but people practice it in so many different ways. Uh, just meet yourself where you are, pause, just take a break, and just breathe. So that's the first P. The second P is to just ponder. Just Instead of reacting, just take a breath and just reflect and ponder. Reflect on your life pre-pandemic and during the pandemic. I mean, everyone talks about this new normal or the next normal. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we're not going back to where we were before. So let's just figure out how to reflect and ponder on our own personal growth, our self-care, and you know, what we want that to look like. Um, think about our core values. The pandemic really afforded me the time to really focus on my core values when it came to my business. I did the Gallup Strength Binder, core values when it came to my own personal life. Um, and that's really, you know, it's a good time to just see what is important to you. The next is the next P is patience. Is that, you know, like we're all, we're so impatient. It's like we're running on this treadmill and I think we just need to just um slow down a bit and that's what the pandemic has uh, given us the opportunity to do is just to realize that we we can't do things as quickly as we want and we just need to slow it down and be a little bit more patient. Which brings me to the next P, the fourth one is progress. Um, you know, we we, and my myself especially um, being a recovered perfectionist, is that we need to think more about progress, not perfection, and that done is better than perfect. So I launched my, I created my Bite, Bite Size Wellness Academy course, but I hadn't launched it for two or three years because I didn't think it was good enough or it wasn't perfect or it wasn't, it wasn't perfect enough to launch and that was a really big mistake because i was really doing people a disservice i should have launched it and and because progress we're 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 focused on progress not perfection and just keep moving forward instead of focusing on the perfect course because i could put something out there and people won't like it so just know that we're we're not going for perfection we're just going for done <laughs> and and the final point segues into the final point, which is pivot, is this is, the pandemic is the perfect opportunity to pivot. Um, there's new opportunities, finding silver linings, taking um, pain and, and transforming it into some, something pleasurable, uh, learning from the pandemic, learning about ourselves and how we could become better a better person, create a, um, a, an enhanced business, and offering, something moving forward. Yeah, that's Kim. That's great. I think that's
0: that's I love the five P's. It's also easy to remember. But I think my favorite point that you touched on is progress, progress, not perfection, because Mm -hmm. I think that we are all our harshest critic. We are all a little bit of a perfectionist, even if we're recovered or we're trying to recover. That's still very much embedded in um, a lot of people's work ethic and personality and I love that you took the strengths finder as well I, I have uh-huh. also taken this past year to just give myself the gift of getting to know myself a little bit better and you know what am I really good at and what are areas that make me tick what are areas that light me up I think that's a, a real opportunity that people have this during this time as well is just to get to know themselves and then to make progress in a way that makes sense for them but to not expect perfection.
1: Right. I think that I mean, that's really talking, important. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people are developing new hobbies and interests from bread making to yes. picking up <laughs> arts and crafts and different things. And that I, that is wonderful. And that's all part of self-care. But there's also the journey into oneself, which I think is really, really important. Just getting to know yourself, even taking the, the Gallup Strength Finders. And there's many Strength Finders out there, but I found that my My business strengths really spoke to my personal strengths. And um, my strengths, it made a lot of sense to me because one of my superpowers is being um, very strategic and being an achiever and a very hard worker. I mean, that's a strength, but it can also be a limitation because I worked so hard um, since September building the virtual business that I actually burnt myself out. So it's knowing what your strengths are and, and, and figuring out... How to work with your strengths and and manage and temper those strengths so that they don't um, take over your whole essence and being.
0: Yeah, that's actually something that I talk about in my coaching sessions and some of the workshops that I do, Kim, is that sometimes we are out of balance with the strengths that we have. So what I love about an assessment like Gallup Strengths Finder is that it gives you your top five strengths.
1: Exactly. And it's
0: really interesting to take a look at your results and see which strengths are really overshadowing the others and where we can actually pull some of our other strengths into the light to help balance our personalities to help balance the way we live, the way that we interact and communicate with others. So for example, you know, there could be a person that is very ambition focused, very confident, a high achiever, and that's a great strength. But exactly to your point, Dr. Kim, we also could very easily overcompensate in that area where we are so focused that we're burning ourselves out. The people around us are seeing us as just Maybe a little bit unapproachable, so there are interesting perceptions mm-hmm. that are attached with what these strengths actually look like to the outside world, but also what they, how they impact us internally. I think that's a really interesting conversation exactly. that you're leading here. And
1: another thing about the Gallup Strength is one of my other strengths from the other. I, I, I'm at the two two. Um, I wouldn't say extremes, but um, at one end is the achiever that sort of thing. And then the other end, um, which I thought was interesting and in how I've used it to balance myself out is the, it's called Intellection and Learner. And that's where the whole personal growth and and, and bringing myself inward from even from years back when I went to the silent retreat to now the pandemic is really uh, reading a lot of self-help um, and self-care books and really um, focusing on my personal growth and um, seeing how I can make myself and my brand and my person and um, how I can enhance that, um, both personally and with my kids. I have two college-age kids and uh, with my business and my colleagues. And one thing I really learned uh, observing the meetings industry from 2020 to now is that in 2020, the whole focus was just getting that that agenda onto some virtual platform (laughs) (laughs) and just, you know, back-to-back breakouts and just calling it a day. And there was such a focus on the technology and the platforms. And I think 2020, the the thinking is, is, I think, different. And I'm hearing meeting planners say that, they want to focus a little bit less on the content and more on the experiences. And I call it really the need to focus on the human being, the human operating system, the, the person staring at the technology and not necessarily the technology. So if we were to put ourselves into the attendee's shoes, we need to plan and create events with more kindness and compassion and empathy. And I mean, everyone's talking about that, but what does that look like? Uh, because I think th- that when we talk about an attendee engagement, the kindness and the compassion and that sort of thing needs to be really infused into the event. And what I do, for example, with my virtual wellness lounge, is I give the attendees this what I call this, 300, this 360 virtual wellness experience from the time they get up to the time they go to bed. Because people are living and working and parenting and everything in their homes. And so... We, As meeting planners, we need to figure out how we engage attendees from the time they get up to the time they go to bed and giving them some breaks in between so that there's some balance. And we do that by putting ourselves in their shoes and uh, planning the event with um, some type of um, human element. Right. And I love what you're what you're touching on here, which is really, I mean, it's empathy that is
0: putting yourself in the position mm-hmm. of somebody else and then taking it to a whole other level through servant leadership. There is such yeah. an opportunity for planners, for organizers, plenty of people who listen to this podcast that organize meetings and events to really practice empathy at that great level of leadership and help create an experience that isn't just, isn't just effective, but it's also impactful and meaningful and serving the people who are sitting on the other side of that yes. conference.
1: Yes. And one thing that um, over the, the Christmas holidays, I read the book called The Go-Giver, and I, that was my aha moment. Uh, it just really changed my perspective on being a radical giver and serving, uh, being a serve-first uh, entrepreneur. Uh, it was that book, and then when I went into – with my thyroid condition i was fluctuating between a hypothyroidism to hyperthyroidism and when i was in the hyperthyroid phase uh, which was overdrive i i had this this real awakening as far as my business went and i decided to take some of the the learnings from this the go giver book and um infuse it into my business so my interest really is to make wellness easy and accessible so that people can very easily integrate very short bites of wellness into their days. So there's no excuse not to do anything. It's five minutes of infusing energy um, here and there into your day. And I really wanted to make wellness accessible. And and I've done so with uh, MPI, for example. I've offered Bite Size Wellness Academy um, uh, to meeting professionals. So MPI is offering Bite Size Wellness Academy uh, free of charge to meeting planners to uh, take the online wellness courses free of charge and they're available for CMP credit. That is awesome. That yes. is great. Is I'm that available, available now, Dr. Kim, or do we need to wait for it to be released? It's just being um, – uh, so I, I'm i just working out the details, the agreement is signed. I have an affiliate relationship with them. Um, they are going to put the entire virtual wellness lounge onto their learning um, – their LMS – and make it available to, uh, I think, just their, mem- I don't know if it's members or meeting planners, but it's completely free. And it's, uh, it's um, Bite Size Wellness Academy, which is part of the Virtual Wellness Lounge. Um, it's a multi-module course. So there's self-care, self-care uh, coaching. There's eat, sleep, move, and breathe. And there's uh, all vi- all sorts of video lessons, downloadable worksheets, downloadable resources. It's all part of their virtual swag, and it's available for free. And my my thinking is that meeting professionals need to take care of themselves first before or in order to better take care of others, attendees, clients, et cetera. And it's like the you – know, airplanes. When we're on an airplane, we're, we're advised to put your oxygen mask on first before helping the person next to you. We need to take care of ourselves first to better take care of others. And we know that meeting professionals, that's among the top 10 most stressful professions. Um, we, We, I hear all the time that, you know, we all need to take better care of ourselves and it's nice to talk. But I also wanted to make it easier for people to walk the talk by making wellness accessible. And uh, for that reason, I decided to offer my entire lounge and program free of charge to meeting professionals.
0: That is amazing. And oh. I can't wait, I can't wait to dive in
1: yeah. to that program yeah. and all of yeah. the,
0: I love the the downloadable worksheets yeah. and the really actionable ways that you can take control of taking care of yourself. I think that that's really great, Dr. Kim. I can't yeah. wait to dive into that.
1: Videos. I mean, everything is no more than five minutes. So everything is five minutes or five minute mindfulness, yoga, stretch breaks, all sorts of videos and, and downloadable PDFs as well. So, I'm really excited, and that will be available in, in the spring.
0: That's wonderful. Oh, Ooh. I'm so excited for that, too. So, yes. okay, one final question for you. If you could encourage the people who are listening in right now to do one thing that will improve their overall well being during this crazy time, what would you advise?
1: Go for a walk to keep moving forward. And I'm saying this walk concept because we all talk about being chained to our desks in back-to-back virtual meetings. There is no reason why we cannot go outside, get some fresh air, especially now that we're heading into spring, and listen to breakout sessions while walking. I do that a lot. I, I listen. And I can actually focus better when I'm listening. So take the sessions, the virtual breakouts, Zoom meetings, On a walk, schedule a virtual walk and talk with a colleague, a friend. I walk up to two hours a day. I listen to podcasts. I talk to family and friends. I get outside. I get my exercise in. I walk with poles, by the way, so (laughs) it's twice as um, hard a workout. But (laughs) I walk. Walk the talk. Take yourself out for a walk. Get some fresh air. Reconnect with colleagues and friends. Take your virtual meetings with you and listen to them and you'll feel fantastic.
0: That's wonderful advice. And I am definitely going to take that, especially because up here in what's normally very snowy winter Michigan Mm -hmm. weather, we have been having the best weather here in the 60s and 70s and sunny. So I will definitely be doing that. Thank you so much, Dr. Kim, for sharing your insight and knowledge with us today. And Thank you all for listening. Share what you learned from this episode with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by following at Meetings Today and me at Courtney on Stage. And be sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to Dare to Interrupt on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. Stay daring, be determined, and keep taking care of yourselves, my friends. Until next time.